all good stuff happening. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Verse 1 is all we're going to read, right? Okay. All right, it reads this way. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. The words of King Lemuel, Solomon, we know that, right? The utterance which his mother taught him. Father God, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray that, Father, you speak to us that which we need to hear. I pray, Father, you remind us of things that we have heard already, God, and uh, take us forward into things that we do not know, things we don't understand. I pray, Father, that every heart will be open, that there will be tonight a readiness of mind in each person to receive the word of God that comes forth. Speak to us from heaven, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, take your seats tonight. All right, we're continuing on this message. We began on Sunday. It was supposed to be one part, but it's uh, two parts. We'll finish it tonight. Lessons from a good mother. Uh, Sunday was Mother's Day, right? Everybody had a good Mother's Day, right? All right, now Mother's Day has passed. Mother's Day has, has passed. And so mo most of the world goes back to their regular way. But for us as believers, Mother's uh, honor, honor rather, is not an event, it's a lifestyle. Okay, we don't honor based on a day, we honor as a matter of a lifestyle. In fact, I gave you this, this uh, key to write down on Sunday. If you weren't here, uh, they'll show it on the screen for you. Honor is the master key to prosperity. Honor is the master key to prosperity. When you honor God, you honor your parents, you honor authority, you honor those who are uh, over you in the workforce or whatever. You have to honor people. You don't dishonor anybody. Uh, uh, don't dishonor people of other um, uh, genders or don't dis whatever it is. Just don't dishonor people. We have to be honorable people all the time. Amen? Which means not only do, uh, do we try to receive honor, but we also give honor. God told, he said uh, through Samuel, uh, he said, if you honor me, I will honor you. If you honor me, I will honor you. So honor is a seed you sow. Oh, that's good. Honor is a seed you sow. When you sow the seed of honor, you'll reap a harvest of honor. Does that make sense to everybody? When you sow a seed of honor, you'll reap a harvest of honor. Okay? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16 is a scripture that we, we didn't read this Sunday, but just as, again, as part of review, give you a different perspective on this. In Deuteronomy 5, verse 16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. As the Lord your God has done what? Commanded, commanded you. So we're commanded to honor our father and our mother. Well, I don't like them. Honor them. You're commanded to do it. I got, it got quiet right there. Well, just, I don't, I don't think I should give honor. No, honor is a minimum. That's a minimum. I better stay there just for a minute. Honor is a minimum. You know, the Bible says about pastors and those teachers in the body of Christ, it says let those who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So honor is a minimum. But if you got somebody who really does a good job of what they do, you give them double honor. But honor is a minimum. Y'all still quiet. Hebrews 13 talks about how you have to honor those who are over you. Right? So when, when it comes to our parents, we have to honor them. Now, if they're really good parents, that's when they get double and triple honor. You, you follow what I'm saying? But we have to honor everybody. 
Okay, because honor is the master key to prosperity. But notice what it says here. When you honor your mother and your, fa your father and your mother as the Lord commanded you, it says that your days may be what? Long and that it may be what? Well with you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. So when you honor your father and your mother, when you honor that authority, it will lead to long life and prosperity. Amen. It's true anyhow. I said it's true anyhow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, they make me mad. That doesn't give you the excuse to honor to not honor them. They weren't always there for me. That does not give you an excuse to dishonor them. I'm gonna keep looking down. <laughs> I don't like how they said that. That does not give you an excuse to dishonor. But I'm right and they're wrong. That does not give you an excuse to dishonor them. Honor is commanded by God. Boy, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. It's commanded by God. Hallelujah. I'm going, did I bring some amens tonight? I brought some Sunday. Oh, I, I do have a few amens. Okay. You got, okay, I got, okay. All right, good. Now, so it's, it says the, the, the result of this kind of honor is that your days will be long and it will be well with you. So no wonder today there's so much um, uh, poverty among, among young people and so much uh, 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 physical issues and problems among young people. Because remember we read this, this scripture Sunday, uh, Proverbs 30 verse 11? Proverbs 30 verse 11 says there's a generation that curses his father and does not bless his mother. So when you live in a generation where people are not blessing their mother and not blessing their fathers, then you see a generation there where poverty abounds, sickness abounds. Hello? Something in the water. It's not the water. I'm going to come over here. It's not the water. Well, it's the foods that they put. They poison all the foods. We need to eat organic. You can eat all the, all the organic foods you want to. If you keep on cursing your father and not blessing your mother, you're still going to die young. <laughs> you can eat organic food and run 20 miles a day if you want to. 20 miles. <laughs> no, not, 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 that, not that Liz is doing. I, I know Liz is uh, honoring her mother. But I'm saying, it doesn't matter all the wonderful things. You can eat all the yogurt, all the, all the acai bowls, all you want to. But if you are not going to honor your, your mother and father, you're not going to be in good health, and you're not going to be prosperous. It's the truth anyhow. Okay? But we're not like that, right? We're honoring our mothers and our fathers, okay? Proverbs 31 verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That's what we do. We rise up and call our mothers blessed. The Good News translation of that same verse says they rise up and show their appreciation. Hello? They rise up and they show their appreciation. Somebody say appreciation. How many of you all appreciate your mothers and your fathers? Let's just deal with mamas right now. You appreciate your mama. Okay? Well, even if you don't, well, I can't think of anything she ever did for me. Okay. Well, she brought you here. She got you here. Because, thank you. Somebody, who said that? Who said that? She didn't abort you. I was thinking it, but thank you for saying it. She didn't abort you. She got you here. Hallelujah. 
All alone night, she carried you, no charge. <laughs> right? Gave you life, kept you warm for nine months or however long it was, right? So her children rise up, it says, and her children show their appreciation. So we're supposed to show our appreciation. I insist on our, our kids. Our kids are pretty good about that, our, my natural children. And uh, we may, I make sure, hey, you're going to bless mama on Mama's Day and Mother's Day and, and birthday and Christmas. All You're going to take care of mama. You're going to show your appreciation. I'm going to train you that way. You're going to always show mama appreciation. We, it, Mother's Day is really old, isn't it? Wow, y'all looking like move on from this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're still talking about Mother's Day. All over the world, pastors moved on, but obviously we need to stay on this a little bit longer, don't we? Hallelujah. So her children rise up and call her blessed. Her children rise, they, they show their appreciation. So we're supposed to show our appreciation. Well, my mother's not here. Well, who mothered you? Because somebody else probably poured into your life. Hallelujah. There are many mothers that we have, mothers of Zion, that pour into our lives. Auntie, big mama, might have been your big sister came along. Somebody came and poured into your life. You got to show your appreciation to them. Hallelujah. So it might have been a teacher who just took you under, under her wings. Might have been a neighbor down the street who just took you in grandmama, whoever it was. You got to show appreciation to them. Give them their flowers while they yet live. Don't let them die, and then you're going to be all weeping all over. All over. Oh, my mom was so good, but all, all the time she was living, you didn't go by and see her. You didn't call her. You didn't bring anything. She had to get some other man to come cut the yard. She had to get somebody else to come take care of her. You just didn't do anything for mom at all. And all now, now you want to, oh, my mama, my mama. Sit down and shut up. Hallelujah. Well, let's get to the point here. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 31, verse 1 is our base scripture here. The words of King Lemuel, the, the utterance which his mother taught him. Okay, so we, we dealt with that word mother. Remember that word mother, uh, aim? I gave you that word, right? And it talked about, uh, oh, they gave the short version of that. They could have left the long version up there. But just the short version, that's, that's what I want to deal with tonight as the bond of the family. The mother is the bond of the family. Talked about how, so one of the things we talked about was good mothers know how to hold a family together. Okay, good mothers know how to hold a family together. And we read in Titus 2, verse 4 and 5 about how, and easy to read, how mothers, uh, you have to be taught to love your husband, love your children, to be wise, to be pure, learn how to take care of their homes. Take care of your home. That means more than laundry and dishes and vacuuming taking care of your home, not the house, taking care of the home, taking care of the home, the family. You read in Proverbs 10, verse, uh, Proverbs 31 rather, verses 10 through 31, you see a layout of this woman tending well to her household, making sure her household is cared for. Cold nights didn't even intimidate her because she knew how to get that scarlet and make sure that she, she had something to cover her family with. Amen. 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 On, on Facebook and YouTube, y'all hear me out there? I don't know. Some of y'all, some people need to be here. 
She wasn't on Facebook all night while the kids not getting their homework done. She wasn't booted up watching YouTube all night. And the kids, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Go find yourself something to eat. Get you a hot pocket and shut up. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Thank you, Lord. So more than just cooking and cleaning. Not, see, when you take care of your house, you don't, you don't, as a parent, you don't let YouTube raise your child. You don't stick an iPad in a child's face and say, here, go do something. Because they get in all kind of stuff on iPads. <laughs> they get all kind of stuff. And these kids are sophisticated. They know, they know how to hide histories. They know how to block stuff. They know how to put up fake apps. And you don't know what they've been looking at. See? Okay. So you hold a family together. So good, good mothers ought to hold a family together. Number two, I told you, good mothers diligently teach their children. Remember that? Because in Proverbs 31, verse 1, it says, The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. So his mother taught him something. Amen? And I told you that parents are primary teachers for the household. Not the school. Good job, Jonathan, brother Jonathan, but you're not the primary teacher for these kids. Good job to all of our Eagles Nest, Eagles Landing, standout youth teachers, but it's not, it's not your job to raise these children. You're coming alongside the parents. Did you hear that, parents? I said, did you hear that, parents? They're coming alongside you to assist you in raising your children. You have to train your, and teach your children. Amen. You're the biggest influence. Because one of the biggest challenges that, I'm just telling you, through, throughout the history of this church that we've had with all our youth, is the youth come here and they they getting taught something in standout youth, getting taught something in Eagles Nest, getting taught something in Eagles Landing, and you, you almost hate to hear them talk because the kids come out and say, well, my mama, when we go home, we're, she listens to this, and she watching this, and mama, and we like, shh. Because yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the kids will tell the truth. They'll tell on everything going on in the household. We get in the car, we listen to this, and we, t we tell them you got to listen to word and listen to the, to the gospel and listen to praise and worship. No, my mama listened to Beyonce and my mama. So in other words, you're the biggest teacher. You're, the, you're their primary teacher. Amen? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, we saw this verse. It says, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. That, that word instruction is discipline and chastening, correction. That word law is Torah. Uh, which means law, direction, and instruction. And I told, told you on Sunday that mothers lay down the law and fathers enforce it. That's why, God, that's why God's divine original plan was a two-parent household. God never intended for a single-parent household. Right? Now, I'm not condemning anybody if you're in a single-parent household. Things happen. Things happen in the Word of God. Things happen in the Word of God. I said things happen in the Word of God. That woman we were just talking about in 2 Kings 4, that widow woman, she ended up in a single-parent household trying to take care of those boys. And the man of God was there. God gave her a miracle to a, to a single parent. So God's not condemning single parents. I'm just, I'm just talking about his original plan is a two-parent household. And here's why. Because mothers lay down a law, fathers enforce it. That's why the enemy works so hard to get fathers out of the household so there's nobody to enforce anything. 
okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let me keep going here because I'm just in review. Let me keep going. All right. We also looked at um, that word in, in, in Proverbs 31, verse 1, when it says the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. That word utterance in the King James is prophecy. Is that right? The prophecy that his mother taught him. So we see that word utterance is really uh, prophesying. It's really her speaking into his life. So we said good mothers speak into their children's lives. That's what good mothers do. Good mothers, uh, let me just, I need to say this. It's 2021. Good mothers talk to their children. One of the biggest issues that we're seeing throughout, throughout America is children uh, growing up and their parents don't talk to them. They just, just don't even talk to them. I mean, from little, little, little ones. They don't even talk to them. And so because they don't talk to them, children, don't, they don't develop any kind of extensive vocabulary whatsoever. I'm meddling, aren't I? They have very limited vocabulary, and the vocabulary that they, that they do get, they get it off of YouTube and, and television, and it's words you don't want them to say. Where you learn that from? Remember you stuck them in front of an iPad? At, at the dinner table? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Out at the restaurant, and the kids got the iPad? I'm trying to keep them busy. Talk to them. When you're taking them to school, turn the radio off. Steve Harvey ain't teaching them anything good. Turn the radio off and talk to them. Pastor, you are meddling. I sure am. That's my job. I'm meddling in your affairs because I care about these children. Hallelujah. They need to be talked talk to. Talk to them. Teach them the word of God. Diligently, day and night. Deuteronomy 6, starting with verse 4, says that. Day and night, when they go about their business, when they go out, when they come in, teach them the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so what you do as a good mother, good parent, but we're focused on mothers, right? It's still Mother's Day week. They speak into their, some of y'all still celebrating, right? Amen. Hallelujah. They speak into their children's lives. Speak into, not talk down to, not talk at. Speak into their children's lives. Prophecy is the word it uses in King James Version, which means mothers have the ability to prophesy into their children's lives, prophesy their future. That means you got to guard your words and make sure you don't say words that are negative seed words. Words that are meant, listen, mothers and fathers, listen to me on this. When you discipline children, you want to break the habit, but don't break the spirit. I'll come over here. You want to break the habit, but don't break the spirit. You want to leave a child intact. You want to get rid of the behavior. But don't lose the child. Destroy them. You got to speak the right things. 
And then whoever's going to discipline, if, it's, if there's a father in the house, if he's going to discipline, you don't, you don't, you don't uh, stir them up to, to wrath. You got you to you don't, don't break the spirit, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is just review here. I'm just reviewing real quick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, I, I gave you 1 Corinthians 14. It was verse um, 3 about that. He who prophesies speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Now, remember that word in the King James in uh, Proverbs 31, 1 is she prophesies. So whoever prophesies has a job of speaking edification. That means to build up. So when you speak to your children, mama, build them up. Don't tear them down. You're going to be just like your sorry daddy. No, 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 no. Build them up. You dumb as a rock. That's, that's not building a child up. I must be in the right house tonight, Joe. I'm in the right house. I'm in the right house. Because some, if I feel like people have let some words fly that we need to go ahead and uproot. There are some things, some seeds that we've planted in our children that the father didn't plant. We got to uproot seeds that the father didn't plant and begin to plant only what the father gives us to plant into our children. Hallelujah. To speak something great into them. Hallelujah. Prophesy into them. You're going to be a woman of God. You're going to be a man of God. My wife and I have been doing that to our kids since they didn't understand, didn't even know their own names. You're going to be a man of God. You're going to be a woman of God. Hallelujah. You're going to serve God your whole life. You're not going to turn to the right or to the left to serve any other God but our God. You speak edification and exhortation. That word exhort literally means to challenge, means to push them forward. Push them forward. Don't let them settle for D's and F's. Don't let them settle for C's. Don't let them settle for B's. Now, if they get a B here and there, you're not going to kill them. But I'm saying, don't, don't let them settle for that. My dad used to tell me as a little boy, Deke, my dad used to always say, son, if you want to be, you're going to have to do A plus work. Because, you know, I grew up in the 70s. You know, it's still a lot of issues back then in school. And he's telling me, son, if you want to be, you got to do A-plus work. And he insisted I did A-plus work. And because I did A-plus work, turns out I was getting A's. I mean, elementary school, I was getting awards, American Legion Awards, academic awards, and middle school. And I ended up going, that's how I ended up meeting my wife in the academically talented program in high school. Now, she wasn't my wife then, and we'd never dated because she was interested in other people and all that kind of stuff. She wouldn't give me the time of day. She just wouldn't. Just I was nowhere on her radar. Not even a bleep on her radar. I wasn't handsome enough. <laughs> you know what handsome? You know what handsome is? Glory to God. Yeah, it's all in the closet already. Every time you do like this, you hear it. <laughs> Amen. 
Okay, so let's, let's move on here. Okay, so I had you write down, honor is the master key to prosperity. I had you write down, good mothers know how to hold, their, hold the family together. What's the next one? Then I had you write down what? Good, very good. And then the last one I had you write down. They speak into their children's lives. Now, I left off from uh, that challenge, I left off the comfort. That prophecy is for comfort, which means they know how to cheer up. They know how to settle people down. So a good mother, through prophecy, knows how to settle a child down. It's going to be okay. God's in control, son. We, we, or we're going to give God control. We're going we're to give control over to God. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna trust God with this. We're gonna, you're going to use our faith for this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's keep going here. Now, remember Proverbs 1, verse 8. Proverbs 1, verse 8. Remember that. It says, do not forsake the law of your mother. Do not forsake the law or direction of, or the instruction of your mother. So mother is going to, has a charge of giving some instruction, some direction. Now, am I, am I uh, all of a sudden throwing dads to the curb? No, 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 no. No. Because dad is the one who has to get that, if two-parent household, get that vision from God. Dad is the master prophet of the house. The master priest of the house. Protector, provider, everything else. Okay? Mom is the one that generally spends more time with the kids. Just, I'm just saying, I'm just in, in the old days, I don't know about 2021, but in the old days, because I, yeah, I know now men stay home and the wives go to work. I, I know it's all kind of stuff. I'm just saying how in the old days, okay, how it used to be and probably how it's supposed to be. So the law from the mom. Now I want you to go back to Proverbs 31, please. And let's pick up verse 1 and we'll go to verse 2. Proverbs 31, verse 1 and 2. Let's see this. I got to pick it up here. Hallelujah. I don't want to go as much time as they have on the clock. It says, go, go to Proverbs 31, please. 31, verse 1. 31, verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance or the prophecy which his mother taught him. Verse 2, please. Verse 2, watch what she says. What, my son, and what, son of my womb, and what, son of my vows? She's saying, and what? What? Okay? Now, I want to read that verse in a different translation because I want you to see the emphaticness behind this. In the New Revised Standard Version, she says, is this how, how it really should read? Because this is a very proper understanding. When you look it out, when you read it in the Hebrew, it translates better to how the New Revised Standard puts it. No, my son. No, son of my womb. No, son of my vows. This is a warning. This is an admonition. I'm giving you some instruction. What am I about to say? I'm telling you, don't get into this stuff I'm about to bring up to you. She's going to say, baby, I've been here a while. I've seen a lot of things. And I want to give you some direction. 
on how to live so you can live long and strong. So she says, hey, no, my son. You know, they got this thing out here, not my son. Not my son. You know these signs around St. Pete. Not my son about violence and crime and all that kind of stuff. What the, what, not my son. A sign means nothing if the mama and the daddy are not first at home saying, no, my son. See, they're saying, not my son to somebody else. But you first got to say, no, my son to your son. Because if you're saying, not my son to somebody else and never saying, no, my son to your son, it's going to be your son. Y'all don't like that, but I'm just telling the truth here. It's going to be your son. You and I have to say, no, my son, don't get into this. No, my son, don't do that. And you got to start them early. Don't wait till they're 15 all of a sudden want to start saying no. Oh. You got to be able to bend that sapling while it's still young, right? You got to be able to deal with someone while they're still young and tender. In fact, Solomon says when you read in Proverbs, there's one, one chapter in Proverbs, he says, when I was still tender and beloved in my father's eyes. I was still tender. My father gave me these instructions when I was still tender. Before I, before I you know, got hair under my arms, before I start, got a little hair on my chest, before I start, got my little first little string beard. You know, by the time your son get that little string beard, you know, he's... That one string will change his life. You might, have, you might have to pull it and yank it out. So no, my son. No, son of my womb. No, son of my vows. Emphatically. I'm warning you, don't do this. Now, y'all ready for these lessons now? Remember we're talking about lessons from a good mother. What I've been giving you so far are lessons about a good mother. Now we're going to give you the lessons from a good mother. Glory to God. Lesson number one. Lesson number one. Don't waste your life on immorality. Don't waste your life on immorality. Where do you get that from? Well, verse three. This is what he learned from his mother. Do not give your strength to women. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Now, she's, she's trying to raise a king. Now, y'all remember who his mama is, right? Who's his mother? Bathsheba. Bathsheba is his mother. And she knows because she's now married to a king. But David is going to go off the scene and Solomon ha is being taught by his mother. Hey, listen, when it's your time, son, you know, when you be your, or, or even at, during his kingship, do, during his reign, hey, don't give your strength to women. Know your ways to that which destroys kings. In other words, man, I, in other words, I've been around the world and I've seen, man, this, you get into this immorality, it's going to destroy kings. Solomon, you want to be a good king? Solomon, you want to be a king and last, you know, have some, some longevity in your reign? She, she warns him, don't waste your life on immorality. Now, mama and daddy, 
We have to warn our children, don't waste your life on immorality. What's immorality? Do, uh, getting, and this is especially in the area of sexual immorality she's talking about here. Don't give your strength to women. Don't give, when you look at that strength in the Hebrew, it talks about don't give your uh, financial strength to women. Don't give your material strength to women. <laughs> don't give your mental strength to women. It's, it's quiet in this Catholic church tonight. Don't give it to women. In other words, this is how you, you're going to protect your royal standing here. Because immorality, the Bible says in Proverbs that a man will be brought to a piece of bread. Now, every month, right, right most months, most, most days of the month, we're reading through the book of Proverbs, right? And right about chapter 5, right about chapter 5 of Proverbs, you, you almost kind of get a little bashful, you know, you, the kids read it over in Harvest Prep. They read Proverbs every day when they're in school. And right around those chapters, chapter 5, 6, and 7, you're kind of like, oh, Lord, wow. What is that? What is the whore? You know, like, oh, it's, it's in the Bible. It's like, oh. I don't explain this to the kids. Okay. Very bad, bad girl. <laughs> right? I explain it to the kids. And, but in chapters 5, 6, and 7, it, it lays out all these things about immorality, about adultery, about fornication, about giving yourself to women. And it, and it, it gives great warnings. Chapter 5 talks about, and this man says, he says, hey, I, I didn't listen. He said, I was on the verge of total ruin right in the midst of the assembly, right in the midst of the congregation. In other words, I was going to church every day and still almost ruined my life by chasing behind women. Pastor, something wrong with women if, it, if she's not your wife. Yes. 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 But it goes beyond chasing women. It gets into pornography. I said pornography. We got to tell this to our daughters too. People, people think boys are the ones getting pornography. Girls get into pornography too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, and it says when you do that, you end up giving your strength to them. You, get, you end up giving away all your power to them, to immorality. Immorality will cause you to waste your life. All the things you've worked hard to build, all the things you've worked hard to acquire, you get into immorality, it'll be gone like that. I, I, I shouldn't say like that. Because the devil never lets it go just like that. Because if it happened like that, people would do it and stop right away. He, he, he lures you. He entices you to just, just, just um, push the envelope just a little bit more. Push the envelope a little bit more. Oh, because David, David didn't lay with Bathsheba first instant. He just looked at her and saw her. But he didn't turn away. He then asked, who is that? Oh, man. That was the next step. Once he found out who she was, and they told her, that, oh, that's, that's Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, Uriah the Hittite's wife. He should have stopped there, but he's being sucked in. And he says, go get her. See, because it doesn't, the, the destruction doesn't happen immediately. I wish it would. Because then we stop. You know, kind of like, like touching a, a hot eye on the stove. If you felt that heat right away, you oh, wow. But what happens if you, your hand is laying on the eye and somebody turns the heat on? Oh, that, that's why you boil a frog, right? 
Are y'all with me? So don't waste your life on immorality. Proverbs 7. Put up Proverbs 7, verse 24 to 27. Proverbs 7, verse 24 to 27. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Verse 25. Do not let your heart turn aside to her that her is the immoral woman. That whole chapter is dealing with that. Her ways. Do not stray into her paths. And I want you to see verse 26, please. 26. For she has cast down many wounded. All who were slain by her were strong men. So the trick of the enemy is to always convince somebody who's going to get into sin that you're going to be the one who whips it. A guy or a girl who gets into, into the drug dealing game, the devil's going to tell them, you're going to be the one who's, you know, you smarter than everybody else. You're, not, you're never going to get caught. You got all the sins. You'll never get caught. That, that one, that one who's, who's going to go and steal cars, the devil's going to tell them, you're going to be the one. See, everybody else, they, they, was, they were suckers. You know, they, they were stupid. They, they got caught. You ain't going to get caught. You, you're going to get away with it. Right? There's nobody who goes into crime without thinking they're going to get away with it. Well, who's giving them that dumb idea? The dumb devil's giving them that dumb idea. That's how you're going to get away with it. So even the strong men who think, oh, man, I can, I can, I can, I can, I, I know how to get into this, man. I know I'm strong enough. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm going to just hit it, quit it, and forget it. I hit somebody right there. That's, that's what strong men say. I'm going to just hit it, quit it, and forget it. No, 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 no. The devil doesn't let you hit it, quit it, and forget it. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. He's going to keep pulling you and keep dragging you strong as you are. And it says all who were slain by her. Slain. Slain means dead. Killed. That means immorality will kill you. Y'all hear me, young men? Immorality will kill you. Y'all hear me, grown men, old men? Immorality will kill you. Give me verse 27. I think it's the last verse of that that I wanted. Her house, her house is the way to hell. <laughs> the sinners are the chambers of death. Go, don't, don't go down to her house. Y'all got it? So what's lesson number one? Don't waste your life on immorality. Immorality will cause you to waste your life. You can go, go work and get a degree, get a double degree, become a doctor, spend 10 years in school and residency and all that kind of stuff, and in one fell affair. Think, think, think about how many politicians have worked their whole lives and, and risen through the ranks, and all of a sudden, one scandal. pastors have, have spent their whole lives building a church and working for God and all of a sudden one scandal am I right about this people been married for 20 and 25 years and 30 years and all of a sudden one that's why she said no my son no son of my womb, no son of my vows, stay away from them. All right, number two. Number two. Number two. You ready to write this down? 
Don't drink or do drugs, period. Don't drink. Oh, no, he about to meddle. Don't drink or do drugs, period. Now, we're getting this advice from this good mother, right? Look at Proverbs 31, verse 4. Proverbs 31, verse 4. It is not good. I'm sorry. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. Well, I thought wine was all right. She didn't tell him it was a sin. She said, it's not for kings. She's raising a king. She's raising somebody who's going to be somebody. So she says, it's not for kings to live me well. It's not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. In other words, if you're going to be royal, royal priesthood, kings and priests unto our God, it said, she says, don't drink. Remember she said, no, my son. No. That means, that means don't drink and don't do drugs, period. It's quiet back here. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. See, this whole culture is pushing it. And the church is pushing it. We got drinking churches now. Well, nothing wrong with alcohol. I didn't say anything wrong with it. I'm talking about kings. I'm talking about kings. Oh, I ain't no king. So be it. Let it be written. Let it be done. But it is not for kings to drink wine. No, for princes intoxicated drink. So don't touch it. See, that says don't do it. Remember this, ad, this adamant warning here. Don't drink or don't do drugs, period. Because... As a king, you got to stay sober-minded. you got to always, at all points, be able to think clearly. I can handle my liquor, and the strong men thought they could handle that immoral woman. See, the, the, thing, the thing about immorality is, is you, you, you think you're doing good, and you don't realize you've crossed the line until you've crossed the line. The thing about drinking is, you don't know when you've crossed. You don't know it. Pastor, you meddling. I sure am. You don't know it. It doesn't let you know it. They call it wine and spirits for a reason. It's a spirit behind it that's going to consume you and take control and take over leadership and authority in your life. So she said, it's not for kings. If you want to be a king, if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you got to make sure you don't drink and you don't do drugs. Oh, it's just casual. Kings don't even drink casually. She said, it's not for kings. Ooh, Jesus. Put Proverbs 20, 20 verse 1 up, please. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Proverbs 20, verse, verse 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can do it in whatever translation I gave you. I don't know what I, I gave you. Easy to read and whatever. Just, just get there, any one of them. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it, or whoever drinks it, King James says, is not wise. 
So whoever, whoever gets into it is not wise. I didn't say you're going to hell. It says not wise. Oh, I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Give me the easy to read version of the same verse. Easy to read version. Let's make it easy to read. Wine and beer make people lose control. I can control mine. No, 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 no. You think you're controlling it. It makes you lose control. Notice it didn't say too much wine and beer make you lose control. Y'all missed it. Oh, Jesus. It didn't say too much. It just said wine and beer make people lose control. Well, I just, I just had one. See, I, I need it to calm my nerves, to calm down. Oh, you, you're not going to do what the word says. I will keep you in perfect peace of your mind and stay it on me. You're not going to let the word of God. You're going to resort. Is, is it 2021 or is it just me? Is it 2021? Okay. You're going to resort to alcohol to do what the word and the spirit are supposed to do in your life? And you're going to tell me that. You're going to tell your pastor that I need that to calm me down. That's the only reason I drink it. It's to calm because I want to relax. Relax? You mean the word doesn't relax? You mean the spirit of God? The spirit of the living God doesn't relax you? The God of all comfort doesn't relax you? The peace of God doesn't relax you? Oh, no, I'm in control. No, you're not. Okay, I better go to different. Give me the message because the message is always nice. The message is nice. The message translation. Wine makes you mean. Beer makes you quarrelsome. In other words, wine will make you say something. I didn't mean to say that. Well, you, I know you didn't mean to say it, but uh, it was in there and wine will make you mean. Why don't I make you come up with something? I don't even know how I came up with that. Why don't I, why don't I? You ain't got to be a wino to be out of control. Pastor, you saying I'm going to go to hell for drinking? I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. I'm just saying it's not for kings. Y'all can look at me with that tone of voice all you want to. It's this, this, <laughs> it, it, I'm not moved by that. I'm just saying. Now, now, remember what it said about losing control. Now, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Drinking and drugs make you forget things. Now, let's look at that in Scripture. Verse 5, Proverbs 31, verse 5 says, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of, the, of all the afflicted. Can I keep going? Give strong drink to him who is dying. Are you, are, actually, are you dying? 
and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Are you bitter of heart? No, you shouldn't have any root of bitterness in you whatsoever. You and I shouldn't have any root of bitterness in us whatsoever. So you and I don't qualify to drink. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here's the result of it. Verse 7. Let him drink and do what? So the whole point is to forget how everything is in your life. So drinking and drugs will make you forget things. Make you forget how to drive. Make you forget where you live. Make you forget you married. I mean, at the root of all, almost all these scandals, you're always going to trace it back to some alcohol or drug somewhere. Somebody got into some substance. Before they know it, they're doing all kind of stuff. Make you forget what gender you are. You get enough alcohol, enough drugs in you, and people forget, oh, I'm, I'm a man. I'm, oh, wait, I'm a man. What am I doing? See, because you lose control. Okay. Oh, Jesus, nine o'clock. Okay, let me hurry. Let me give you these last two. Let me give you these last two. Lesson number one was what? Number two. Lesson number three. Don't overlook justice and mercy. Don't overlook justice and mercy. Okay, verse eight and nine. Verse eight and nine of Proverbs 31. Here's what she tells him. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So she said, you have a responsibility as a human being to show justice and mercy. Because remember, go back to what she said in verse 5. She said, don't drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. If you drink, you will not show mercy. You will not do justice. So verse 8, she says, here's what I want you to do. Do not overlook justice and mercy. Open your mouth for the speechless. People who can't speak for themselves, you speak for them. Be a champion for justice. Be a champion for mercy. Be a champion for those who are afflicted. Be a champion for those who are needy. Open your mouth. Use your position, king, to defend people. So as you get elevated in your life, don't let it just be you and about you only. But use your promotion, use your position, use your influence, use everything that God gives you to be a champion for somebody else. I wish I had some more amens in that. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 8 through 10. Let me read that real quick. Zechariah 7, 8 through 10. I'm going to speed read for you. Zechariah 7, uh, verse 8 through 10. Hallelujah. Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, keep going please. Thus says the Lord of hosts, execute true justice, show mercy and compassion, everyone to who? Verse 10, please, verse 10. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. Now what happens? If you overlook this, then you'll, you will position yourself for wrath of God. God expects us to look out for the poor. 
He expects us to look out for our brothers and our sisters. He expects us to care for people. He expects us to defend those who, who can't defend themselves. He expects us to be a voice for those who are speechless. Somebody got to speak of other children. Somebody has to be an advocate for those who can't advocate for themselves. Particularly babies and children or elderly seniors, those who, who are in a place where they can't open their mouths for themselves. Those who are indigent and have no, no they, they don't have uh, influence and money and can't hire lawyers and can't do these things. God wants us to, to open our mouths for them. Hallelujah. All right, let me, let me give you this last one. Let me give you this last one because i got to finish this tonight. Hallelujah. Lesson number four. Don't underestimate the importance of virtue and excellence. Don't underestimate the importance of virtue and excellence. In Proverbs 31, verse 10, here's the question that his mother had given him. Who can find a virtuous wife? Who can find an excellent wife? Who can find a woman who's virtuous? Remember I gave you this one on Sunday that good mothers know how to recognize a good woman, a good wife, and a good mother? Hallelujah. So he said, don't underestimate the importance of virtual excellence. In simple terms, Solomon, don't just go by good looks. There's a lot of good-looking, beautiful people out there, Solomon. But you got to go deeper than good looks. Because, you know, I told you Sunday, Bathsheba was a beautiful woman herself. But she's the same one who said, favor is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So you want to a God-fearing woman. You want a good, good, clean girl. Well, you find... Well, you find good, good, clean girls. And you got to go to church, of course, right? It used to be like that. Good mothers know how to recognize um, a good woman, wife, and a mother. Can I give you a couple scriptures on that real quick? Look at Genesis 26. They can put it on the screen for us. Genesis 26, verse 34 and 35. Genesis 26, verse 34 and 35. Let me read that for you. Hallelujah. When Esau, y'all remember Esau and Isaac? Esau and Jacob, rather, they were the children of Isaac and Rebekah. Okay, when Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, and Basamath, the daughter of Elon or Elon the Hittite, verse 35. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Esau married these Hittite wives from Canaan land, and it says they were a grief of mind. Some translations say, say they were a thorn in their sides. They caused Isaac and Rebecca all kinds of grief. Y'all got that? Now look at the next chapter, verse 20, chapter 27, verse 46. Verse 46. And Rebecca said to Isaac, 
I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. She said, I'm, I'm going to just put in these words. These aren't faith words. I'm sick and tired of those. Uh, I almost said something. I'm sick and tired of those girls. I'm sick of them girls. Female cows. I'm, I've had enough of those. Ugh, ugh. This is what she's saying. She said, now watch. Remember when Esau had married these, these women. These Hittite women. Hoochie women, what, what they are. And she said, if Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? She said, Isaac, whatever you do, don't let Jacob marry these women like Esau, his brother, married. Because they're no good. Because a good mother recognizes another good woman, a good wife, a good mother. Judges 14. Look at Judges 14. They can put it on the screen for me. Judges 14, verse 3. Samson, he's grown now. He wants to get married. Samson, remember Samson? He wants to get married. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren? Among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? In other words, Samson started looking at all of them Philistine women. Oh, they look at them Philistine women. They're they nice. And his parents say, man, can't, you can't find a good girl around all these right here. You got to go marry one of them uncircumcised heathens. And Samson didn't listen. He said to his father, get, get her for me. For she pleases me well. He didn't listen to mom and dad. He went. Now, what you keep reading the chapter, it says they, what they didn't know was this was God's idea. Because God was going to use this to get back at the Philistines. But what happened, if you read the story, that woman he went after, he had to end up fighting for her because so the, the, the people kept tricking him. It caused him a lot of grief. That would have never happened if he had just... Got one of them good, good, clean girls like his mom and daddy recommended. <laughs> now Solomon, Solomon followed at first his mother's advice. In the book of Song of Solomon, y'all ever read Song of Solomon? Yes. Song of Solomon chapter 3 verse 11. This is a powerful verse it says here. Go forth, O daughters of Zion, and see King Solomon with the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day of the gladness of his heart. Isn't that interesting? That his mother gave him a crown? Y'all missed it. That his mother gave him a crown? His mother. Now that means that she was in agreement. That the first wife he was marrying, this Shulamite would have been, She's, she's going to be a, she's a good girl. And he marries her, and his mom is like, yeah, that's the right one, baby. And she, on his wedding day, she's giving him a crown. You, you wear this today. That's interesting to me. But you know what happened, don't you? It said Solomon started loving these other women. He ended up marrying Pharaoh's daughter. Then he started marrying all kind of foreign women. He loved them, the Bible says. He loved those foreign women. He wasn't satisfied with those good, good Hebrew girls. 
covenant girls who knew the word of God and obeyed God. No, he started falling in love with all those other women. And what happens? That in his latter days, they turned his heart away from God. And God ripped the throne out of his hands. And God said, I'm not going to do it in your lifetime because I made a promise to David. But for your sons and your, from the future generations, y'all going to lose your kingdom. Because you married these other women. You didn't listen to your mama, boy. Hallelujah. So good mothers know how to recognize a good wife, a good woman, a good mother. So here's the lesson. Don't underestimate the importance of virtue and excellence. All right, now I'm done. I'm done. But I want to I wanna answer publicly a question that was given to me Sunday after church. And I'm doing it this way because the way I see it, the way I know it, this question probably is in the heart of many people. The question was this, what do I do now if I didn't mother my children like this as they grew? In other words, the things I taught you on Sunday, the things that, that I showed you how mothers are supposed to be. The question is, what do I do now if I, basically, if I didn't do it that way as they grew up? All right, and I want to answer that just saying four, four things here. One is acknowledge that you didn't do it that way, and that's what hopefully you need to do. A lot of people never even acknowledge it, that they didn't do it that way. You know, you get saved, you come into the light of the truth, and you never acknowledge the fact that, you know what, it's a whole lot of years, I didn't do it the way the Bible said to do it. So first thing is you got to acknowledge it, and along with acknowledging is repent. God, I'm sorry, I didn't do it the way, because see, this, because you see, those children are your responsibility. God gave them to you. And so you got to repent. God, I, I didn't do it that way. But along with that, I'm still on number one here, is avoid condemnation. Ah, there it is. Don't let condemnation set in because the devil will try to condemn you and tell you you blew it. You never, never can please God, but you got to avoid condemnation. Uh, Paul talked about how in his ministry, he was thanking God that God put him in the ministry. He said, he said, because at one time I was a, I'm paraphrasing, a bad guy, but I did it ignorantly in unbelief. In other words, the way I used to live, I thought I was doing things one way, but it was because of my, I was ignorant about the ways of God. He said, but God has forgiven me for all that and put me into the ministry. So don't let condemnation set in about that. Okay, now I know there are a lot of people that have this same, same question. I'm, I'm telling you, that's why I, I felt led to say, speak to this publicly. Number two. This is what I would do. I would seek out an opportunity to talk with my children, my adult children, about where I am now, what I've learned, and why this way is better. Even if they're 30 and 40 and 50 years old, as a parent, I can sit down with them over a cup of coffee, over breakfast or whatever, and say, hey, you know, I just want to tell you where I am now. You know, raising you, I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't know what I know now. And even, even be willing to say, you know what, it might have caused some issues. Between us, it might have caused some issues in your life. And I, and I want you to know I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry I, I, didn't, I didn't know any better then. But I've learned so much now. I've been in the Word. I've been going to the church or whatever. God's been showing me things. And here I am now. And, uh, and uh, here's what I've learned. And this way is better. This way is better. I got that? Yes, sir. 
Number three, if you can, is encourage your adult children to, that they parent their children this way. that you encourage your adult children. Now, hey, you know what? I can't tell you how to raise your children. But I just want to tell you, here's some mistakes, some errors I made. And given the chance, if I could do it all over again, here's how I would do it. And son or daughter, you have the chance with your children to do it another way. So encourage them to raise their children that way. And then number four, I'd mentor a new mom or a new dad. Let's just, I'm, if we talk about moms, I'd mentor a new mom. And, and what you know now, now that you know from the word of God how to do things, you now take what you would have poured and poured into a new mom and say, baby, here's, here's how you do that thing. Be honest, be open. And tell her, here's, here's, here's how I would do it. You know, and come alongside. Come alongside. Baby, you got to be firm. I, I, know, I know she's 13, but she can't be your friend yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, better hush. <laughs> I, I know he's 15, but y'all not ready for friendship yet. You got to be parent still. You got to, see, you got to pour into that other person that way. That's my quick summary, my quick answer of, of what I would do, you know, if, if I could look back over my life and say, man, I wish I'd done things this way, here's what I would do now. Firing that situation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, Jesus said, 17th chapter of John, that your word is truth. We know that your truth endures to all generations. And Father, tonight we've heard some challenging things. But Lord, we know that, Lord, those challenges are designed to bring us to a place that we've not been in before. That God, even there are some things that naturally we may not agree with right off. But Lord, we... We don't just discard those things. We, we ask you to give us more light. Lord, I just sense even that, especially in that area of drinking, that those who may be a little resistant here and those who are watching online may be a little resistant, that, Father, you give light. You give light. That's what Paul said. If any man doesn't agree that the Lord, you would show them. So, Father, I ask you to show. Show, show that there's a, a better way. Show that there's a higher way. That even we're not talking about right or wrong, but there's a higher way. We want the higher way, the highest, the best way of doing everything. I pray, Father, for every mother in this room who still has opportunity to pour into their children's lives, that God you'd give them a grace, whatever age and stage that they are, they are in now, to pour into their, their children's lives. That, Father, they will teach and share and help 
uh, guide, and warn, and admonish, and prophesy. The Father, even as fathers, that God, that we don't, we don't shirk our responsibilities, our duties. That Father, that we step up to the plate, do, the, do what we're called to do as men of God. I pray, Father, that children will know how to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. That they will know, Lord, how to honor their fathers and mothers, which is a commandment, the first commandment with, with promise. And I pray, Father, that every family will be strong and whole. I pray that people, Lord, no matter if their children are adults, that they still have the opportunity to pour into their children's lives. And that as, a, as, as adults, we don't despise our mothers when they are old. We don't despise our fathers when they are old, Father. That God, we still value the voices that, are, that you place in our lives to help us grow and mature into each new stage of life. Thank you, Father, that we continue to grow every day. I thank you, Lord, for those those uh, surrogate mothers and fathers, those adoptive mothers and fathers that you put in our lives to help us. For your word said, when our mothers and fathers forsake us, Lord, you'll take us up. So I thank you for those who you sent to help take us up to make sure we were, we stayed on the right path, to make sure we got the things we needed. Thank you, Father, for them. Thank you, Lord. We honor them. We appreciate them. Lord, for Lord, some we give double honor and triple honor, Father. We arise as children. We call them blessed. We arise as husbands also. And we praise our wives and those mothers. We praise them. Thank you, Father. Tonight we honor you as our God and our Lord and our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for all you've given us and all you're doing. We'll continue to serve you with all of our might. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen and amen. Put those hands together and give God a praise tonight. Yeah. Glory to God.